Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves news. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful, but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 59, and I am Davro, as always, as always. And uh, I apologize, uh, this episode is coming out a little later uh, than normal. Work has been extremely crazy. Uh, I have had very little time uh, to myself aside from from my stream. So, I, again, I apologize. This, uh, this, this podcast is coming out about a week later uh, than it is, and... The schedule doesn't slow down because uh, next uh, next week I am uh, I'm traveling um, to uh, to to see one of my best friends uh, graduate the Marine Academy. So um, something that I I'm not going to miss. But uh, I am going to have an episode uh, ready uh, for next week. I, I carved out a little bit of time uh, this weekend, and so I'm going to uh, get this episode out. And then we'll have another episode next week. So don't worry, episode 60 will not be uh, another week or so delayed as uh, as as I'm traveling. So uh, decent amount of things uh, going on in Sea of Thieves uh, right now. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the most recent patch uh, that just went out. Uh, a lot of that will be in uh, the next episode, uh, episode 60. So stay tuned if you want my thoughts um, on the... Um, the patch that just released, there's definitely some unexpected bugs that have been introduced. Um, so we'll definitely dive into that uh, next week. So make sure uh, make sure you're following and, and all that stuff on all the different uh, media versions um, uh, to get that. Um, but as far as this week, we're at right now, um, as of the moment of this recording, um, we've got Twitch drops going on. Twitch drops uh, started again on Friday, uh, January 21st. Uh, and they will go 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. You will need to tune in for at least 20 to 30 minutes to a Sea of Thieves partner on Twitch and uh, watch. And you should, if you have your account linked with Sea of Thieves through Twitch, uh, you will be able to then go up to the upper uh, right-hand corner, click your profile, go down to uh, drops, and you should have a claim option. Uh, once you click that claim option, it is in your account, and it'll show up in-game within 72 hours. It's usually pretty quick, but give it up to 72 hours before you start panicking. Um, again, these drops, uh, as Sea of Thieves has done them for a very long time, you need to get them in the 24-hour window that they are dropping. So on the 21st, uh, which is already passed, that is the Twilight Hunter hat. Uh, today, the 22nd, is the Twilight Hunter gloves. Uh, June 23rd, or June, Sunday, January 23rd is the flirt emote. And finally, Monday, January 24th will be the Twilight Hunter dress. So more Twilight Hunter stuff. It looks really good. I know a lot of people like it. I think it was designed very well. Um, I know we've got, um, I, I know, I know, I know it's, it's, it's got recoloring and things like that. I get it. I get it, but it does look very nice. And I know some people are really enjoying it and to get you ready for Valentine's day, even though 
I'm going to be spending Valentine's Day alone and single and, you know, no dates. By the way, I'm single. You can hit me up on Twitter. I don't uh, discriminate. <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. I am single, though, but... <laughs> oh, God. What I allow this show to devolve into sometimes, Jesus. Um, you get the flirt emote so you can get into the Sea of Thieves and flirt with your crush on the seas, or maybe maybe find a new crush. Maybe find someone uh, special in Sea of Thieves. I know Sea of Thieves, and I know games in general has brought relationships uh, together, and it's it's uh, uh, it's really cool. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what the the freebies you can get right now. Um, and and so make sure you check them out. If you miss them, I'm sorry, they're gone forever. So. Um, if you've if you've if you've already if you've already missed those particular things, you might have to wait till they bring them back up uh, uh, again. But for now, if you don't get them, they are gone forever. Um, last week we talked, and I gave you my seasonal rankings. Um, I I broke down and 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 tossed out the first ever Pirate Talk Radio Awards of 2021 to Sea of Thieves. I'm not the only one who did this, however. There is a, a community-driven organization. You can check them out at merfolkslullaby.com. That's merfolkslullaby.com. The link will be in the description. Um, and they also passed out uh, awards, and these awards were voted on by the community themselves. And I got some tweets. I got some messages in different forms um, discussing how some of my rankings were wrong and talking about how I was a little out of touch with some of the things I said. I just want to read down through Merfolk's Lullabies awards, which were voted on by the Sea of Thieves community. My awards that I gave out were just me. That's just my opinion of what I thought based on based on my time playing, right? That that was my opinion. Merfolk's Lullaby were voted on by the actual Sea of Thieves community members. And I just want to just kind of run down this real quick, okay? So if you remember from the last uh, last episode, I ranked the seasons as followed. Um, the number five, season four, number four, season one, number three, season two, number two, season five, and number one season last year, I voted as season three. Now this again, Merfolk's Lullaby community driven votes has season one as the the number five, season four as number four. I was I you know, whatever. And that was a close margin, right? The the, the bottom three were a close margin as I spoke about uh last week. Number three was season two, nailed it. Number two was season five, nailed it. And number three, voted on by the Sea of Thieves community, season three was number one. So I just want to state that all the folks out there that sent me nasty grams and sent me tweets and Discord messages saying I was wrong, the Sea of Thieves community had their opportunity and voted, and I just want to state I wasn't wrong, okay? The community agrees with me. I have my validation. Thank you, Merfolk's Lullaby, uh, for putting that out. Now there's I'm not going to go through all this stuff. You can come you can go to merfolkslullaby.com, check out their uh wonderful website. It's really cool. Um they voted on the best tall tales um of of last year, voted on the best shrines which 
barf. Um, they voted on the best villain, um, which is surprising to me that it's a, it's pretty much a tie between Gold Hoarder and Flameheart. Um, that surprises me a little bit. I didn't think Gold Hoarder would be that high. I, I figure, you know, Flameheart would be up there just because, you know, people were so annoyed with him and they're just like, get this villain, you know, whatever. But okay, pretty much a tie there between Gold Hoarder and Flameheart. Uh, best enemy of last year. Uh, best tool was really interesting. The number one tool voted on for last year was the barrel hide emote. And I have to say, with all the stream, uh, with all the streaming and the YouTube that I consume on Sea of Thieves, I have to say the barrel hide emote of all the different things that we got probably led to the best player interactions. Some really trolly ones, some really cool, fun ones, some hilarious ones, some really good uh, creative uh, hiding and seeking and stuff like that. The barrel hide, I I agree. The barrel hide was probably the best tool that we got last year. Uh, I'm surprised to see that fireworks actually beat out cannon rowboats. I figured cannon rowboats would be a little bit higher. Um, and then the Trident of Dark Tides is in there as well, pretty high up on the list. Again, I met about that, but I know um, what it does to uh, particular um, different events. It makes them much easier. So um, definitely, definitely could see that. Uh, best Sea of the Damned locations um, is on there, which again, that tall tale, the, the ability to go into the Sea of the Damned was, was always fun. Um, not surprised uh, at the number one there of Isla Tesoro. Definitely not surprised at that. Um, pretty much the entire Disney ride put into the uh, to to the game. So that that I agree with. Best Island. Um, I'm pretty sure this is just wrong. Uh, Smuggler's Bay being voted the best island. I don't know what the community members there are smoking or drinking, but I would like some of that. Definitely not the best island, but good try. Uh, best new sea shanty was voted on here. Um, most anticipated storyline um, uh, voted on here. And uh, most anticipated uh, new content being the new map expansion. You know, here's the thing with that. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would really include that in there. Um, sure, I guess we did get the Sunken Kingdom. And I guess, um, you know, we did get a expansion of the map. But there's really nothing out there. It's just open water. It gives people uh, a lot further to, to sail. I, I don't necessarily know about that. I, I think there's a lot more that Sea of Thieves can do um, in terms of map expansion that they haven't really uh, uh, done yet. Um, I think might be coming down the pipe. But uh, um, again, this is all voted on by the community. So uh, I, I think I had uh, the pulse of the community in our last episode downright uh, good. So again, go check out merfolkslullaby.com. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff there on their website. It's really cool. Um, different things like lore, um, different uh, types of stats and timelines and maps and stuff like that. So if, if you're really into Sea of Thieves, uh, go check them out. Definitely a great site to go to. Um, some other things that uh, we've learned, uh, the their uh, official Sea of Thieves tweet came out that says you can now find ancient tribute chests. So the chests that you get out of the vault um, voyages from the gold hoarder. 
Um, those chests can now be found in the Siren strongholds, um, which is kind of cool. And they did put in the tweet that these chests um, will count towards your either Reaper or Gold Hoarder uh, accommodation. So don't feel like if you if you tur- if you get those out of a, a shrine, they're not going to count. No, they do work towards the accommodation, uh, and they are found there. So uh, another way for you to get that astronomically high number um, for the accommodations for the sales um, of ancient tribute. Um, so that's kind of the news uh, going on right there, kind of wrapping up 2021 um, with a bow. And now really we're half a month into 2022. And a lot of us are starting to speculate what's coming up next. Um, And I mentioned last week that I wasn't going to talk about the orb in last episode because, again, I wanted to tie up 2021. Um, But it's time, I think, to start talking about the orb and what 2022 is going to look like. I went into detail on how I viewed the dev map um, for, you know, the next couple seasons up through season 10, what that looks like, probably what we can maybe start to think about and anticipate and and at rare where they're kind of at in their dev cycle, just based on my um, industry knowledge of development cycles and things like that. And what we've seen historically from rare, I think... I was pretty close to that. Probably not, you know, I don't work there. Um, I, I don't really have conversations um, on the regular with people who work there. Um, not that they would share any of that anyways. But at the end of the day, I think I have a pretty good pulse on where they are on their dev cycle and where they're kind of where they're kind of going on some of this stuff. Uh, but the orb. So we had um, a few weeks ago, um, I think it was what? It was a very long stream. It was like 72 hours or something like that. And for the most part, um, the, the stream was just in a tavern, uh, looking at, uh, the fireplace. Um, but throughout the, um, throughout the, the stream, um, we got different clues and hints and voices and, and images and videos of the, um, of, of specifically, Flameheart Jr., which is a name that people have thrown around for years now. Um, there is a book, his journal, um, tale, I think it's Tales of the Sea of Thieves. I don't, it's sitting over there on my shelf. I, I, I can't remember, but it's the journal of Flameheart Jr. Obviously we've had flat, uh, we've had Flameheart Sr. Um, up in the sky yelling at us for quite some time. Um, but there's always this name that has circulated of Flameheart Jr. Flameheart's son. Um, and when he is coming to Sea of Thieves, is he already here? Is he something that we see and interact with on a daily basis? It, who is he? Where is he? What has he been doing? That kind of stuff. He was the captain of the um, the insider ship. Um, you get to explore that ship and see what remains of that ship um, in the uh, in the Tall Tale Two of a Pirate's Life. Um, where you find uh, the chest that eventually sunk that ship. Uh, His ship did change hands um, after he entered the Sea of Thieves. So there's definitely a lot of things um, we know, but also a crap ton of unknown. One of the longstanding theories is that Flameheart Jr. is actually the Servant of Flame, who we now interact with at Reaper's Hideout, who is a very interesting character. Um, I think Sea of Thieves did a really good job of, of... really not telling us who that character is really making that character look like a captain, um, keeping its mask faced with the gold mask 
um, you know, really dropping just a whole bunch of stuff there to make us speculate and think. But what I find really interesting is the voice of that character, that voice of the 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 uh, keeper of flame or I can't I keep missing up his name. Uh, the flame guy. Dude in the Reaper's tent. Uh, the flame guy. That's what we're going to call him. Jesus. Uh, the servant of flame. Um, he has both a female and a male voice. Um overlapped over top of each other. So if you ever talk to him, you can clearly hear a male voice and a female voice talking over each other. We don't know why. Um, we don't know the origins of that uh, as of yet. Um, but what we kind of got from this 72 hour stream is that the servant of flame is indeed Flameheart Jr. And there was also a lot of speculation out there that Maybe Flameheart Jr. is not happy with his dad. Maybe Flameheart Jr. is going to, uh, you know, go after his dad and, and join us, etc. Once he, you know, reveals himself to the players. But the the voice lines that we got kind of contradict that a little bit. And it, and it really sounds like Flameheart Jr. is actually going to be helping his dad, is going to be doing things for his dad, almost like a a, a left hand or an heir, like a prince to a king. Um, and so we got a lot of that coming out of that. There were mentions of things like the gold, like it's it sands of gold is what was mentioned. Now, there's a lot of speculation there. Again, we've got the Shores of Gold, which, again, Tribute Peak um, with the sand there. But we also have Golden Sands. Um, and you might be saying, well, why is Golden Sands important in this entire conversation? Well, the former weaponsmith of Golden Sands was Wanda, the masked stranger who started Reaper's Hideout, who helped Flameheart, who brought us Cursed Cannonballs. Who is now part of the black, uh, the dark brethren court, who want to overthrow Flameheart and lay the groundwork from for the captain to come. Her sister, Wanda, spelled with an O, not an A, is now the weaponsmith at Golden Sands. And it was mentioned that the sister will be brought, you know, will be basically enslaved, as it were. So it could very much be talking about Golden Sands Outpost and Golden Sands Outpost maybe playing a role in what's coming next and 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 maybe playing a role in Flameheart Jr. and Flameheart Sr.'s plans. Maybe some of the things Flameheart Jr. was saying has little to do with helping his dad. Maybe he has his own ideas of what he wants to do with the Sea of Thieves. That's the beautiful thing about this game and the beautiful thing about the lore of the game is Mike Chapman and, and his team, they give you breadcrumbs. But the breadcrumbs aren't always in a straight line. And you're not quite sure if it's white wheat, rye, or cinnamon toast crunch. You just know they're breadcrumbs and you know you want to follow them. And he might take you that way. He might take you that way. He might put a, a split in the road. But eventually, the breadcrumb trail will lead you to what he wants you to know. But once you know that, there's another breadcrumb trail, or five. And that's the wonderful thing about the lore of this game, is they paint a beautiful picture for us to follow. And they paint a beautiful story for us to read. But they don't give us everything. They give us tidbits and allow us to try to fill in the pieces. And Mike himself has even said... 
that though they have an idea of where they want the story to go, and though they have a, a game plan and a storyboard of where the story is going, we the players, through our feedback, through our tweets, through our speculations, we may come up with an idea that maybe they didn't think of or an idea that they thought of and thought, eh, maybe players won't like that, and then they start seeing players talk about it. The roadmap is a skeleton for Sea of Thieves and specifically Mike Chapman and his story. And us, the players, we are characters in this story. Every time you log in, as I've said many times, it's your responsibility to tell your pirate story. And when it comes to Mike and the creative team of Sea of Thieves, they want you to do that because what you do as your character and your story changes sometimes what the Sea of Thieves story is. And that's such a wonderful thing, right? So many games out there, and the big one I'm thinking about right now, World of Warcraft, they don't just spoon-feed you the story. They literally tie you down and stuff your face with the story that they want you to experience. And sure, maybe based on player feedback, they may tweak something a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, but they don't change course. They have the story that they want you to ingest, and they're going to stuff it down your throat. Sea of Thieves is very different, and I like that about Sea of Thieves, that we're not quite sure where the story's going to go, and more so, we, the pirates, as we tell our story, and as we talk about the story and the experiences that we're having in the story, the story could and has and will continue to change. And so we're always constantly guessing. We're always trying to find the next breadcrumb. So will Flameheart Jr. come to the Sea of Thieves? reveal himself, and help his dad? Does he have his own agenda? Is he allied with the captain? We don't know. What we know right now is there is a plan in place. He's talking about doing things to help his dad. He's talking about the sister of the warsmith, Wanda. Not Wanda, but Wanda. Did you get that? Wanda, but not Wanda. Make sure you get the white, right Wanda because it's very important that you go with the Wanda or not the Wanda. Because if you pick the Wanda and not the Wanda, then you're, you have the wrong Wanda and now you're all going to be confused. Don't be confused about Wanda. Make sure you, you make sure it's Wanda, not Wanda. Okay? I'm, I'm glad we're clear on that. Are we talking about Golden Sands? Is Golden Sands going to be the center point of a war? Are we going to see a new PvP event around Golden Sands? There was mention of the Shroud consuming the Sands of Gold. Is the map going to change? If the map changed and the Shroud comes over top of Golden Sands, that's a big chunk of the map that's now going to be covered in the Shroud. Is it going to change the map based on what the players do? Is there going to be a new event where we, the players, actually get to fight back the forces of Flameheart, the Flamehearts, or maybe just Flameheart Jr., in order to release Golden Sands from the Shroud, and then it can be an outpost we can use for a limited time until the Shroud creeps back in and it becomes a deadly place to go where the forces of the Flamehearts will attack you if you're there. What happens to Wanda? Not Wanda, but Wanda. Is she going to be in trouble? Are we going to have to go save her? 
Is she going to follow the path of her sister and become a skeleton with a mask? Is she going to have a choice in the matter? What about Stitcher Jim? Where is he? Mike Chapman said Stitcher Jim's story is not over and he's out there somewhere. He'll be back. So a lot of things we got out of this this 72-hour stream, a lot of fun things to speculate on, a lot of things to think about. But we didn't really get any answers, and that's absolutely fine because this was more than just a breadcrumb trail that was left by the Sea of Thieves creative team. This was a whole damn box of Captain Crunch. We're just not quite sure if it's really Captain Crunch or is it Lucky Charms. We're trying to figure that out right now, and I think over the course of the next few seasons... We're going to figure out what type of cereal that we're eating. I would like to see something along the lines of Arena being brought into adventure. Arena has been something that is a lot of fun uh, for me. I've played in the NAL before. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I love Arena. But Arena has kind of died away. It's very toxic, really, uh, unless you're playing for the accommodations. um, Mostly it's just a TDM, dumb, stupid, not fun fight where people just want to swing swords and shoot guns and they don't want to actually use the boats, which is fine. If that's the way they would like to play the game, that's great. But in that game mode, it is ship versus ship and player versus player, not just let me stand on an island and shoot you with my sniper, followed up with a blunderbuss. That's Go go play a different game if you just want a TDM. That's just annoying. But uh, could Golden Sands be a attempt for Sea of Thieves to bring Arena into the actual adventure mode? Captain Falcor brought up the Battle of Golden Sands. Now, I believe that he presented it not only as a PvP, but also a PvPVE type of situation in the Battle of Golden Sands where... As I mentioned before in a speculation, we, the players, are fighting to either push the Shroud back or we're getting pushed back by the Shroud to gain or lose access to Golden Sands Island. Very interesting concept there. Very interesting concept. But again, bringing another style of event which encourages players to interact with each other in a peaceful way or a violent way is definitely what we want to see in Sea of Thieves. 100%. That is what this game is about. It is about interesting player interactions and having some sort of event where we're fighting to to either liberate, defend, or in a losing effort, lose one of the really nicer of the outposts out there in Golden Sands. It would be really cool to see some sort of arena combat system, um, arena achievement system, somehow bring arena into adventure mode um, where players can can have that experience in adventure. Another item um, that was brought up in, in by Captain Falcor um, and that I talked with uh, Captain Logan um, with on our last live stream, by the way, if you weren't aware, uh, Captain Logan of the Keelhauled Podcast and myself will be sailing just about every single Saturday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I haven't streamed Sea of Thieves for a while, um, and Logan and I uh, kind of talked it over, and and he hasn't uh, he hasn't been so much on the streaming boat uh, for a while either. So uh, we thought it was a great opportunity. Uh, two lovers of, Thie- of Sea of Thieves who have two 
relatively different approaches to content to kind of join forces for a few hours each week uh, for our different communities and viewers. So if you would like to check that out, um, you can come over to twitch.tv slash Davram um, every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, now, again, I'll be traveling next Saturday, so that stream will not happen next Saturday, um, but you'll always be able to see my schedule on my uh, my channel so you can see when those are happening um, with me and Logan. It's a lot of fun, and we just chill and we talk about Sea of Thieves. We get a lot of questions from folks. Uh, and, and like I said, we we both love this game, but we, we cover it in two um, a little bit different approaches. I'm a little bit more... Uh, <clears throat> verbally abusive um, on the on the topics and and he's a little more chill and, and definitely a lot more into the lore uh, but it's it's a lot of fun when we get together we have a lot of laughs and a lot of fun last last week I think we spent an hour chasing this this ship down that kept running from us but by God we got them in the end um, but another thing that Captain Falcor brought up and like I said Logan and I talked about live on stream was combat. Now, we know and we've talked about for a very long time that combat is broken in Sea of Thieves. It's unfortunately broken. Um, it's a critical core piece of this game and it is busted. Um, if you want to call it hit registration, whatever you want to call it, we call it historic weapon accuracy. It's broken. The sword is broken. The guns are broken. And that's just how it is. And it's been broken for a very long time. I don't believe that there is going to be a fix um, for this particular issue. But maybe it's not necessarily that we need to go after a permanent fix if that's not possible. Maybe, in fact, we need to go after an alternative solution that makes it better. So having a higher level view on this and thinking outside the box in ways that we could make combat more interactive, more fun, and really just less painful uh, to experience. And Captain Falcor brought up a very interesting idea. Now, Falcor has used this idea in a variety of different ways, and I've liked the idea presented in just about every single way that he's presented it. And that is another type of bar. So we've got the health bar um, um, on the on the on the game where you track your health, right? We've got our ammo bar that we can check this. He has suggested a status effect bar for different bar biomes like freezing to death, dehydration, things like that. And he suggested a very interesting thing called the stamina bar. And what the stamina bar would be is based on what you're doing in the game, the stamina bar would drain. And if you're out of stamina, you cannot run. You cannot jump. You cannot swing your sword. Um, and what would drain that stamina bar would be swinging your sword wildly. Every time you swing a sword, a little bit of your stamina goes away. Every time you jump, a little bit of your stamina goes away. Every time you run, a, your stamina starts to drain. So therefore, as far as combat would be concerned, you can't just sit there and sword spam someone because eventually you're going to run out of stamina and just be dead in the water. For those players that like to just run and jump and, and get in the lower deck and then jump through the window of the sloop and climb the ladder and bunny hop around everywhere, guess what? Your stamina reduces. And once your stamina is down, you no longer can sprint, you can't run, and you can't jump. Swimming would drain your stamina bar. So therefore, if you, you know, jump off your boat to swim to another boat, and then all of a sudden your stamina bar hits zero... You are now no no longer able to swim, and so you just kind of tread water there until your stamina bar refills. 
Now, some people are going to say, yeah, let's implement that. It's going to stop the sword players, right? It's going to stop that M1 spamming that everyone hates. But it's also going to stop the bunny hoppers. It's going to stop the running around. So it's going to impact the double gunners as well. Am I saying this is a solution that would work? No. Am I saying it's a solution that Sea of Thieves is going to implement? No. But is it a great idea of another way in order to make combat more balanced? Yes. And that's what I think we need to start doing. We understand that hit registration has been an issue for a very long time. And I think we need to stop as a community focusing on how do we fix hit registration? It's not going to be fixed. You're on a moving boat. You're a moving player with moving projectiles. It is not going to be fixed. If you think it's going to be fixed, if you're holding out hope that it's going to be fixed, please lose the hope, drop the act, stop it. Hit registration will not be fixed. It may improve, but it'll never be perfect. That's just the nature of the game. It is hard-coded in the foundations of the game. They would have to make basically a Sea of Thieves 2 in order to get it right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So now we need to start thinking outside the box. How do we balance combat a little bit better so that you can't just run around swinging wildly with the sword? How do we balance combat better where you can't just bunny hop and run around everywhere? How do we make combat more balanced? It's not about necessarily the damage that the weapons do. It's how we utilize those weapons in, in, in combat itself. And, and I think that is how we need to approach thinking um, about combat going forward. Not about fixing something that can't be fixed, but about actually trying to figure out how to make the overall experience of combat better. So I appreciate Captain Falcor coming up with this idea. Um, again, I like his idea um, of this extra bar for things like dehydration, hypothermia, things like that. I don't necessarily think the stamina bar would be something that would work in the game. I think it would frustrate players more than make them happy um, overall. So I don't think this is a, 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 the solution we need. But the fact that we're coming up with out-of-box solutions in order to make combat more balanced, more fair, and more fun, I think that is, is much better. On top of that, it would make combat a lot more skill-based. I understand that combat is a bit skill-based now, but if you're just running around wildly slashing with your sword there's no skill there right you know the sword play is bad as it is blocks don't work all the time things just don't work um but the bunny hopping is super annoying the m1 spamming is super annoying um the being able to jump out the freaking window of a moving sloop grab the ladder and climb back up is super annoying there's a lot of annoying things in combat that i think thinking outside the box and implementing something uh, to really just bring everything together and make combat more interactive, more fun, and more balanced, I think is something we need to think about. Um, and thank you, Falcor, for at least proposing an out-of-the-box idea. Um, again, I don't think it's something that's going to be implemented. I don't think it's something the community would embrace very well, but definitely something to, to think about. A fun thing, a fun fact uh, that I found on Twitter for those of you who enjoy the buried treasure. Now, again, I am still struggling. I have yet to find a buried treasure map from a player. I keep finding them from NPCs, and I really think Sea of Thieves needs to take a look at that system and bring the buried treasure to a more cross-realm system where we can 
you know, bear, dig up treasure from other uh, other servers. I don't know how possible that is. I don't know how the cross-server functionality works on that. But the fact that it's a really cool new feature and we're, you know, a month into having it and there are no player maps out there. I'm sure there are some, but I've logged in for, for several hours this season playing and I have yet to find a player's map. And that's very disappointing to me. Very disappointing. But if you do enjoy burying treasure, there's a few things that I've found out. One, there are locations in the Pirate Legend hideout that you can bury treasure. Troll. Two, there is one location, I challenge you to find it, on the Arena Island or the Sea Dogs Spire or the Sea Dog Tavern, whatever you want to call it, right in the center of the map. There is a location there that you can also bury treasure. There you go. There are your challenges. There you go. If you find those two locations where you can bury treasure in the Pirate Legend hideout and where you can bury treasure on the Arena Island, make sure you hit me up on Twitter or in the Discord or email the show and tell me that you found it and send me a screenshot uh, of you burying treasure there. I don't want you to just sit there and, and, and send me a picture of someone else's treasure. I want to see that you buried treasure in either of the two locations. I want to see your name on a map showing that you actually found the spot and you actually buried treasure, or you found someone's map that they buried it there and you dug it up. Either one works, but let me know. Hit me up with some pictures on Twitter or on, uh, or email the show or in the discord. The next piece of big news that came up just recently and something that I don't think is going to impact Sea of Thieves right now, but I think is going to be a positive and potentially negative impact to Sea of Thieves next year. It's exciting news, but it's also concerning news. Microsoft and Xbox purchased or in the, are in the process of purchasing Activision Blizzard. That deal is currently being discussed. It's being you know finalized. And the deal, if everything goes well, should be finalized and the purchase should be done by June of 2023. So just over a year from now is when that particular thing should lock up and be done if everything goes well. This is great. This is great for Sea of Thieves. And let me tell you why. Activision Blizzard has a lot of games, a lot of great big name IPs from World of Warcraft to Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, if it ever comes out, Diablo series, to the Call of Duty series, to Candy Crush. It has a lot of IPs, a lot of big name IPs. And what does that mean for Sea of Thieves? Well, let me tell you what it means for Sea of Thieves. As we all know, as we all know, Microsoft loves to include as many things as they can on Xbox Game Pass. It's one of the reasons why Sea of Thieves has, has stayed and continues to be popular on the Xbox platform. Because Game Pass is by far the best deal in gaming out there. You play a very small amount of money each and every month in order to have access to hundreds of games at your fingertips, both on PC and on the Xbox. 
And now we're adding games like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, which has already started. They they there were some leaks not too long ago that there were they were working on porting World of Warcraft over to console as is. Now with Xbox purchasing Activision Blizzard, now there's a huge there's going to be a huge drive to get that port done. Why? World of Warcraft is not going to be on PlayStation. World of Warcraft is not going to be on the Switch. World of Warcraft is not going to be on your mobile device. World of Warcraft will be on the Xbox and on the PC. And instead of playing Blizzard $14.99 a month, guess what? You buy Game Pass, and hey, maybe you get a World of Warcraft subscription with that. That would be incredible. That would be amazing. That would bring a lot of new players to Xbox, which means now they have access to the huge library of of games that's already on Xbox Game Pass, including Sea of Thieves. Which means if we get these new IPs over on Xbox Game Pass, there's a good chance that in the next year and a half, two years, we could see a huge increase in the amount of players playing Sea of Thieves from these other games, trying it out, seeing what it's all about, exploring a pirate's life. That's good for Sea of Thieves. That's awesome for Sea of Thieves. Now, why do I say it's also concerning for Sea of Thieves? Activision Blizzard, as I mentioned, have massive IPs. And if they're ported over to Xbox Game Pass, there's also going to be a lot of players that may stop playing Sea of Thieves because Call of Duty, because of World of Warcraft, because of Overwatch, because of whatever the case may be, whatever juicy deal that... Xbox Game Pass gives you on those games. Players may stop playing Sea of Thieves as much. The other concern is, for the longest time, one of the main IPs that has been on the Xbox Game Pass banner and has been on Xbox's, you know, advertisement for the long time has been Sea of Thieves. With Call of Duty, with World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, Heroes of the Storm, all those games from Activision Blizzard, Candy Crush. Will the Xbox Game Pass continue to have a spot on their banner? Will they continue to have a spot on their highlight shows and stuff like that at E3 for Sea of Thieves? Or will Sea of Thieves kind of fall into a second tier a game that kind of has helped Xbox for a long time. Will it now fall into a second tier behind this new juggernaut of a studio that will be joining the Xbox family in Activision Blizzard? I mean, do you want to see, I mean, for me, I would love to see Ramsey and and those characters at Gold Hoarder and, and all that always on the banner for the Xbox Game Pass and at E3. But now you've got Thrall. Now you've got Mercy. McCree. I don't think his name's McCree anymore, but whatever his name is. You now have Diablo. Lilith. You now have the characters of Call of Duty. Huge IPs. Way bigger than when way bigger than Sea of Thieves. Will those characters and will those images now take center stage on the Xbox Game Pass banner and on the Xbox Game Pass, you know, marketing stuff. 
If that's the case, that will hurt Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is far from a perfect game, as we all know. But it always has that premium spot in the heart of the Xbox Game Pass promotional stuff. Now with Activision Activision Blizzard, will it slowly slip away? And will an image joining Master Chief be Lilith or Diablo or a Call of Duty soldier or Thrall from World of Warcraft? Who knows? Either way, it's a huge deal. Massive amounts, like an unimaginable amount of money was spent on this. I think it's good for Activision Blizzard. I think having a support structure and a big brother daddy company um, taking care of some of these issues that Activision Blizzard has had of late, I think is really good for the employees at Activision Blizzard. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that only the poor leadership and poor, um, I guess, game managers who are driving games in poor directions there. I hope that only those folks get uh, let go. And I hope that the Blizzard employees are safe. I hope that the Activision employees are safe. I hope that Microsoft doesn't just clean house. I don't think they will because I think the staff at Activision Blizzard is great. I think their leadership is garbage, um, which they've been slowly trying to change out. But I think there's still a lot of house cleaning there. But I really hope Microsoft provides that long-term support structure um, for Activision Blizzard um, in a way that they feel like they're in a a better direction. Um, And and, and I really hope that Activision Blizzard is a positive positive impact on Xbox Game Pass, which I think it will be. Um, But in terms of Sea of Thieves, I think it's both good, more players on Game Pass. Again, if this stuff comes to Game Pass, which... We know Microsoft, it's going to come to Game Pass. Phil Spencer loves Game Pass. He brought us the greatest thing ever in in Game Pass. It's definitely going to be coming to Game Pass. It's just what capacity is it coming to Game Pass? They have tweeted out that they're not going to make things like Overwatch and Call of Duty Microsoft exclusives, at least right now. So those games will still be available on PlayStation. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what they do and we'll see how this plays out. But I think, again, bringing new players into the Game Pass system is definitely going to be good for Sea of Thieves. But my concern is with these new IPs and getting people, getting the eyeballs on Game Pass, getting people signed up for Game Pass that may not have it before i don't necessarily know if the sea of thieves imagery is going to drive people anymore to game pass um, that play wow and play call of duty and play uh overwatch in those games i think those particular ip namesake characters are probably going to take the place of sea of thieves on those promotional pieces i hope not but I think it may happen. So we'll see what it goes. We still have a year before that's finalized. Probably we still have at least seven, eight, maybe even a year months uh, before we actually start to see what's coming to game pass, what we're going to get. If we have game pass uh, through Activision blizzard, we'll probably see that in time. Um, But I think, you know, a year and a half from now, two years from now, I could definitely see that banner changing. And unfortunately the game we love being left off that banner and being left out a little bit. um, Now that we have these giant IPs uh, joining the Xbox family.
Um, that's all I've got this week, guys, on my notes. I just wanted to kind of dive in and talk a little bit about the orb, talk a little bit about what's going on. Again, I apologize this episode's coming out so late. Uh, it has been super busy um, with work. I'm hoping things start to slow down a little bit once I get back from my uh, my trip next week. Again, I will be recording um, another episode that will go out next week. So episode 60 will be out next week. Um, uh, it's just that I, I, I just haven't had time. So we'll try to get back on a schedule here, but I do apologize. This episode has been so late, but thank you very much for listening. Make sure if you are listening on any of the podcasting apps, you're dropping a review, please. I love that. You can always email the show. That information is in the description box of the show notes, either on podcasting apps or on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, please give this video a like and subscribe to the YouTube Pirate Talk Radio. Again, we need 100 subscribers to the YouTube in order to get our custom URL, but I would love to see that subscriber number go up. So if you enjoy this, please go over, even if maybe you don't watch on YouTube, you listen on the podcasting apps, please go over Find Pirate Talk Radio on YouTube and please drop a subscribe there so we can get those numbers up. Leave me a comment. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter, Davram TV on Twitter. You can check out our Discord, which is in the description box below. Check me out on Twitch five days a week, twitch.tv slash Davram, sailing with Captain Logan every Saturday, 4 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. And if you would like to financially cr- contribute to the show, you can go over and get some rewards based on the tier you subscribe to at patreon.com slash TV. Until next time, guys, I am Davram. You are the audience. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio. <laughs>